What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Yo, what's up, everybody? Happy Monday. Monday, Monday, Monday. We are back at it. It's lunchtime if you're on Eastern time. It's breakfast time if you're on Pacific time. And if you're on Mountain time or Central time, you are somewhere stuck in between. Maybe snack time is what we will call it. But what's up, everybody? How are we doing? Big day today. Jam-packed show. We've got some special guests coming on. Uh, but before we get to that, I'm going to start today the way that I start every single day, which is to remind you guys what the point of this show is. We want this to be the best trade idea resource out there. That's what we're going for, guys. So so, so if you're not getting ideas from myself, from our guests, from Jason, or your fellow chatters, call us out. You have tools to call us out, right? You can't say you're helpless and, you know, I'm just watching these guys and they're wasting my time. You have Twitter. You have the chat. You have whatever you want and say, guys, we need to step it up. Uh, yes. Young investor in the chat's asking, should he come on? Yes. I think that, I think that's t- today's a good day. Young investor. I'm going to DM you a link. All right. Um, there we go. That's, that's called planning on the fly. Um, but all right. We, we, we I, I told you what the point of the show is, uh, we, 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 which is that we, this is the trade idea resource, uh, on the radar for today. Uh, we're going to talk about earnings. Right, we are in the best week of earnings of the quarter. So, so basically, I'm I'm going to give some thoughts on on earnings, how I play these stocks, how I adjust my portfolio, etc. We're going to do a chat challenge. If you don't know what chat challenges, we're competing for some prizes. We're basically asking the, the group, everybody out there, we're all jumping into one big shared Google sheet and trying to pick the best stock of the week. Uh, we're going to have a guest coming to us from IG Markets, uh, talk currency, talk talk commodities, uh, you know, instruments that we don't typically talk about. One o'clock Eastern, Vuzix, ticker V-U-Z-I, Vuzi, CEO Paul Travers is going to be joining us on here. Hot, hot stock. If, if you haven't seen the chart of that one, let me pull it up. V-U-Z-I, this will be the first screen share of the day. Let's say share your screen. Let's look at this one. Boom. All right. I know it's small. We'll make it bigger. All right. There we go. Check this out. One year chart of Vuzi right there, right? You see, you see a thing running from sub two to 25. Uh, so, so we're going to get to know that company, uh, ask about some timelines, etc. cetera. Uh, and of course, we always, always, always make time for tickers out of the chat. chat. So go ahead, drop your tickers in there uh, already on the radar today. Of course, we have Tesla, uh, Benzinga CEO, Jason Raznick is going to be joining us in about an hour. He is the Tesla expert of the group. Uh, so, so he'll be sharing some thoughts there. I'm going to roll my sleeves up because I, I think it's time for, for us to, to just dig into this. Um, really good question out of the chat uh, uh, from Mr. Future History. is asking young investor if he'll still be called a young investor 50, when he's 50, over 50 years old. Uh, I, I, I think so. Y- young in spirit. That's my opinion, Okay. <laughs> But all right, let, 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 let's start today off with, with talking about earnings. A, as I mentioned at the top of the show, 
Um, th this is the best of the quarter. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and share this nice little earnings graphic we make here at Benzinga for everybody. All right. Check this out. So, 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 so here are the earnings that, that we have on the docket for the week. I'll, I'll go ahead. I'll drop this link in the chat so everybody has it. You, you can check it out, um, save it, pin it, whatever it needs to be. Set it as your desktop background, um, and and let let let's zoom into to today in particular. The the big one today, really the only one that's on my radar, uh, is Tesla. Of course, I I think a little bit on on everybody's radar. Uh, let, let, let's go ahead and talk about how we're playing earnings this week. So whenever we are in a heavy earnings week, right? I mean, we've got all the brand name companies are reporting this week. We, we have our Apples, we have our Spotify's, uh, McDonald's, Amazon, Twitter, right? The, the list goes on and on. There, there's several hundred at, at last check. I think there's about 800 companies, 800 stocks or so that are going to be reporting earnings this week. There's three things that, that I absolutely implore you. I implore everybody in the investment community to be on top of when, when it comes to earnings. Three, three, three things. Okay. The, the first one, it's really simple. The simplest of all of them, know when your stock is reporting earnings. Okay. I, I hate when, when people are hanging out, they, they own a stock, they've had, they have a bull thesis on it, or let's make it even worse. It's not a long-term hold. Let's say you hold a stock for a swing trade. The chart looks good. It's it's riding above your nine EMA, whatever it may be, right? You're hitting this thing for a swing trade and then boom, earnings hit after hours. The stock misses. They announce an offering. The CEO is leaving. Uh, the CFO is going to jail, whatever. The stock opens down 50%, right? That that trade that you were hoping to make 10 to 15% on just, just wiped out, you know, eight winners that, that, that you were hoping to have. So, so first things first, know when your stocks are reporting earnings. Uh, nice little advantage that I have is my trusty Benzinga Pro. Uh, let me check this out. We have an earnings calendar here and I actually filter it down to my watch list. I have a watch list called Current Holdings. And so check this out. I can see when the earnings are coming up for all the stocks that I own. So, so for me, it gets hot and heavy tomorrow after the close. Um, you know, I've got one to three stocks that I own that are reporting earnings after the close tomorrow. And I'll, I'll give you guys opinions on how I'm, I'm doing all, how I'm playing all of those stocks into earnings before we're done today. So, so, so don't worry about that. But again, if you haven't tried Benzinga Pro yet, pro.benzinga.com, two week free trial. There's literally not any better time uh, to try it than into earnings week. Because again, you're not going to be cut off guard. So like I said, I implore everybody to follow the, these three pieces of advice uh, into these heavy earnings weeks. One is, if you're holding a stock, you better know when that earnings date is. Because again, you don't want a swing trade that you're hoping to make 10% off of to open up down 50% and it wipes out three months of trading profits that you had. Okay, so there's number one. R rule number two, uh, know how the peers reported. Know how the peer stocks reported. And, and I've got a really good example of this in the live portfolio. So so, so here, here's my brokerage account right here, right? My, my real brokerage account. All right, there's the account number. He says, don't show that, but I've got like 19 factor auth. Um, but check this out. I'm scrolling down to the L's. So, so, so here, here, here's my example that I'm going to use. Where, where are the L's at? L, 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 L. There it is. Leslie's. So, so, so I own Leslie's calls and Leslie's is likely going to be reporting earnings later this week. Last week, we, we, we had a similar company, a peer company put out their numbers. Okay. So I'm going to look at ticker P-O-O-L, pool. It's a competitor to Leslie's. They're both in the same space. They sell pools, equipment, chemicals, supplies, whatever it may be to operate your pool. Both of these companies offer, offer them. 
Pool, the similar company, reported a monster earnings beat. Okay, Pool reported $2.32 versus a $1.15 estimate. They reported sales of $1.06 billion versus an 823% estimate. So 25% over the sales estimate. That is a monstrous number. I love that. All right, we're just playing around with the soundboard today. Uh, so, so I love that for the earnings report. That makes me more convicted for Leslie's into the Leslie's report, which I currently hold. So, so know how the group has reported, right? If you own Snapchat and Twitter reports shitty numbers or, or vice versa, it's actually uh, Snapchat reported uh, good numbers. You own Twitter. You're trying to trade Twitter. Generally speaking, it means that Twitter will have a good report. But here's the third rule to keep in mind. Look at how your stock moved off of those peer reports. If your stock gets run way up because a, a peer company already reported strong earnings numbers, the jig already may up, may be up. In, in those cases, I oftentimes, right? So so I, if, if I own Leslie's, pool reports strong numbers. Leslie, Leslie's runs way up on that, you know, 10, 15%. I'm going to get out of the trade. Because now the bar is set so high for Leslie's to even outperform where, where pool was. That even if they report a good quarter, that's not great. The stock could get hammered out on it. And, and I want to get, get rid of that volatility, especially since we're getting these numbers in extended hours. So again, guys, the, the three rules that, that, that I have uh, uh, into these big earnings weeks. One, uh, know when your stocks have earnings. Do not miss those days. Two, know how the peers reported. Let that be an indication for how your stock is going to report. And number three, know how your stock to move off of those uh uh off of those pure plays right if the stock's already moved way up or way down the move already may be in so so i implore you guys it's earnings week do not let a bad earnings report blow out your whole portfolio a, a lot of people trade around these positions that they'll, they'll hedge some stocks um you know with, with options into these let me ask this would, would it be helpful to do a live example of hedging a stock position with options into an earnings report? If so, drop the one in the chat. If that would not be helpful, drop the two. This is your guys' power hour, so, so we let you do what you want. But again, I don't want anybody to get blown out. Boom. All right. So 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 next up, I'm going to bring on a very special guest of ours. Or, oh, there's all the ones. Okay. All right, you guys have ones, so so we're doing it tomorrow. I got I got to get ready. I got to pick the stock, pick the options contract. All right, we're doing a hedging tutorial tomorrow. That's the move, guys. Let's go. Uh... All right, it's written down on this notepad. If you are new to this channel, new to the show, hit subscribe tomorrow, twelve o'clock Eastern time. Be here, be here, or be square. We will do an example of hedging a stock position, a long-term stock position, into an options, into a report with options. So, so, so don't miss that. But I want to go ahead, bring on our our favorite guest, a favorite of the chat, our young investor. Let, let's get him hanging out on the stream with us. <laughs> All right. Hello, you're right, Luke. Uh, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great. I'm doing good. What about yourself? Doing well, doing well. It's Monday. We have a big week. I love these earnings weeks. They're fun, right? I'm a news junkie. There's plenty of news these weeks. What's up with you? Yeah, I'm doing well. Um, my side of the pond, Um, you know, talk about when you stop today. And I'm happy to be on. Awesome. All right. You said you have a new stock for us? Yeah, brand new stock. All right. So and, and, and for those of you, wait, let me let me do an intro, okay? Let me do build some hype. Is that all right? 
Yeah, that's fine. All right. I, got, I've, I have a button I have not pressed on the soundboard yet. It's called Dramatic Suspense. Okay, let's check this one out. All right. For those of you who aren't aware, our, our young investor, he is our stock picking prodigy, officially 13 years old as of about a month ago. Uh, and, and, and when I say he, he's a stock picking pro or stock picking prodigy, it's not like he's saying I own an iPhone, so I'm going along Apple and that's where the story ends. I and mean, he's finding stocks that none of us know about. He's digging deep. He's talking to investor relations. He's talking to the CEOs. He's digging through SEC filings, etc. cetera. How, how's that for an intro? Yeah, you know, that's brilliant. Do you want me to get right into it then? Let's get right into it. So the stock I'm talking about today is SG Blocks, ticker symbol SGBX. SGBX. Okay, I don't know this one. But let me add it back on. All right, there's the chart on the screen. Yeah. There's two days. Let's zoom out to a one-year chart. Okay, there's been some volatility in this one. T tell, tell us about the company. I've never heard of this. So initially, I got into this company about, i say, four or five months back. And I sold around like the five to six dollar range, a nice profit around fifty percent. So you know, recently I just thought, for some reason, it sprang into my mind SG Box, and I thought, let's have a revisit, see what the team at SG Box is up to, and then really, you know, went there and I was really surprised about what I found. So basically, SG Blocks are taking shipping containers. You know, all these shipping companies throw away so many shipping containers every year. It's dreadful for the environment. You know, most of them just end up in scrapyards, effectively worthless. So the SG blocks are taking these effectively worthless shipping containers, very little cost for each one of these, and converting them to homes, commercial premises. They've done ones for Taco Bell, Puma. They built an MBA Academy out of shipping containers for the MBA. So they are converting these shipping containers into all kinds of different structures. I mean, if you go on the website, if you click on... Oh, yes. That's amazing. Our, yeah, go on our product and see what they're making, you know, as you see there. Um, if you, yeah, if you just have a look around... They are really making these places. And the thing I love about them is they actually look nice. It's not one of these things that all looks hastily put together. It also takes about one third less time to make one of these um, shipping containers into a home. They've got over $25 million backlog. So in the investor presentation from December 2020, they said they were delivered just around under $5 million for the fiasco year at 2020. They just announced the Q4 results for 2020. And they made approximately $7.4 million in revenue. So they are obviously a very conservative company, putting super conservative projections. They made the whole projection right there in revenue in the fourth quarter, part of that really scaling up process. And they and they and that meant they have around $8.8 .8 million in the whole of revenue for 2020. And for 2020, they said in the investor presentation, they would aim for about $20 million in revenue this year. By the way, the company's value at around $31 million. 400% year-over-year growth at that kind of market. That's very attractive to me. But if Wait, you was this a SPAC deal? Uh, no, this is not a SPAC deal. This company's been around for um, a little bit now. But basically, they have been able to... They've, By the way, this is a company where you've got a lot of penny stocks these days. Extreme debt, extreme risk. This is $0 in debt, $30 million market cap, $29 million in assets, $13 million in cash and equivalents. This is got ton, company's got a ton of assets and cash ready to deploy when they need to. You do not have the fear of having a massive dilution anytime soon for the stock. They're with that 25 million backlog they got right now, I mean, as I just said, if you times 7.4 million quarterly revenue for the fourth quarter of 2020, let's say that revenue remains flat for the whole of um, 2021. That's around $30 million, um, sorry, around $29 million in revenue for this year, 
31 million market cap. And they're looking at around 400% year-over-year growth they're projecting. Do the math yourself. This company is extremely undervalued to me. Honestly, I've been looking. I've been doing all DCF projections. If you was in higher 15 million amount of revenue, this company destroys it. They do rubbish. You know, they're doing a te- they do a terrible job. Everything fails at SG blocks. This company is still dramatically undervalued at 30 million market cap. They're still growing at 200% year-over-year. And they've got a really amount, good amount of cash to meet. It's a win-win scenario for this company. And they've also worked with so many customers, I'd say Starbucks, Puma, and they work, they convert all these stores, all these homes, and they also work with every branch of the US military. Okay, so, so, all right. For those of us who are just joining us, this is the Stock Idea Show. That's what the Power Hour is all about. Lightning. All right, y- young investor just dropped us a new one, ticker SGBX. The company is called SG Blocks. So, 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 young investor, let let me try to talk back through this one and, and clarify me where I'm wrong. Okay. Yep. Go right ahead. All right. So, 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 basically, what the company does is they they buy old containers, old shipping yep. containers that that are basically out of service from like the big boats mm-hmm. or trains or whatever that they were running on. Is that yeah? Right? That's, that's step one. Yep. Okay. They, they they then repurpose these containers into f- facilities it looks like residential commercial uh retail etc is that yeah, accurate yeah. they converted to you know puma stores starbucks yeah different kind of areas that u.s military could use they basically convert these to anything you know which customers ask for Here, I mean, here's the starbucks we have it up yeah. on the screen now that used to be old containers now it's a building yeah, I mean, you know, some incredible partnerships as well. You don't see many uh, many penny stocks of this kind of partnership. And in my opinion, this kind of a financial position, I think it's rare to find something like this at such a low market cap. Okay. And then the, the, the company has a $30 million market cap. Is that accurate? Yeah, $31 million. $31 million market cap. They You, you said in, in 2020 they did $25 million of sales. Is that accurate? Okay, so the, right or, now, coming into 2021, they've got a $25 yep. million dollar backlog. So in 2020, okay. they did about 8.8 million in revenue. Um, in the fourth quarter, they did 7.4 million. So as you can see, they're really trying to and ramp when up. When do they count revenue? Is that when they deliver the final building to yeah, the customer? Deliver. It's okay. delivering to the customer. Customers okay. using it now, creating your Starbucks, creating your Puma store, so, so, whatever that may be. So 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 they did 8.8 million in total in 2021, and seven million of that was in Q4. Is that accurate? Yeah. So 8.8 million for the whole of 2020. And then 7.4 in um, in the fourth quarter of 2020. This year, I think we're looking around 30 million in um, 29 million in revenue, just timing 7.4 by four. You know, it equals around 29 million, which but, I mean. But they have, so so they have 25 million of backlogs. Do, they, do yeah. they give us an ETA as to when they expect to work through that backlog? They're aiming to do it all by 2022 at the start, very 2022. But they say they can deliver it this year. Honestly, we've just seen, in my opinion, they're already ramping up really you know, dramatically. We've seen that with the amount of revenue they've really produced in Q4. They've gone from like uh, like 1 million a quarter to over 7.4 million in one quarter. And, you know, I don't think that growth is going to slow down anytime soon. I will just say um, some people saying that, oh, they were $100 back in, I don't know, it's like 2019. I will say with that, you'll see a lot of these penny stocks, there's a ton of them, nano dimension. Basically, they're part of larger companies which had the share price. They spin them off and they all break apart. So this is teensy bit of the revenue, but for some reason, the stock price is still going to count as $100 on these sites. So I would just say with these penny stocks, you've got to come into it and look, in it, look into the business as it is right now. Okay. Um, and, and then let's talk about cash. We, yeah. 
You 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 said that they don't have debt on the books. Zero dollars of debt. Okay, but but how much cash do they have, and what is their yeah. cash flow? Like I'm, I'm basically I'm getting to is their offering risk? Yeah. So they've got thirteen million dollars in cash. One three. Lost, yeah, one three. Okay. And they've got around twenty. So what they said in the Q four, they've got around twenty nine million dollars in assets right now. Um, obviously for a company at thirty one million, market cap's been pretty extraordinary. Um, so you know, great financial position. I will say they are in they are gross profit. They they've got positive gross profit, but overall they are negative. They've got a, a negative about one dollar a share, but I think that's approximately like one point two million, um, for and total loss in the quarter. So they've got plenty of cash and assets to deal with any you know quick orders which may come up anytime soon. I'm you know I really like what the management. I will say one of the risks is. Um, I mean, Peter Lynch says, never think of this as a risk, but I'll say this. There is a very, the management don't own a ton of the company. I will just say that. So I would say the management are super heavily invested, you know. Um, they're not on the highest pay either, but I will say that there is not a huge insider ownership. So you do have the risk of most of the shares being on the public and, you know, having a, a big float rather than the load being held by institutions. Yeah, and ca- cash seems pretty good. What what so so in in order for them to achieve profitability, yeah. do do you have an idea as to how much scale they need? Like, is it ten x where they're at right now? Is it yeah. if they they hit that twenty twenty one number, they're they're going to start being cash flow positive? Any, any ideas there? Yeah, so in twenty twenty one, if you can hit around twenty million, which was forecasted, they're obviously going to go higher than that just from Q four. You could just maybe start to get near break even. I would say around the thirty million in revenue, thirty two. Then you start coming cash flow positive. And then you're ordering so much bulk, you know, in the products, then you're going to start seeing profitability in this company. I mean, seven point four, as I said, times four, four quarters, using 2020, revenue stays flat. That's, then you've got 29 million in revenue right then, 20 million in the last investor presentation. So you're looking at a company which is going to have a huge earnings beat, really just by map alone and not even taking into account any growth in 2021. Okay. Uh, and do we, last question, do, do we have an earnings date? Yeah, so we just announced earnings for Q4 2020 um, just recently um, at the start of this month. I'm not actually showing the like. next one. So they've already done it recently, and that's where I got the 7.4 from. Okay. All right. I like this one. All right. I, I, I think I'm going to hit this one. Uh, I'm going to throw this one out to Zinger Nation. If you guys like this stock, this SGBX, I'm a fan of it. I think it's super interesting. It's trading at one-time sales, not much of an offering risk. It's got a great story. Right, the whole container ship, hipster, you know, reuse thing, great story. Um, but but I'm throwing this one out to the community. If you guys like this one, hit the one. If you don't like it, hit the two and tell us why. I'm curious where everybody's at with this. But but young investor, let, let, let me ask you, how do you find these stocks? Like like every time that you come on this show, you're always mentioning like what was the Chinese or, or like the Southeast Asian one? Uh, that, Peak fintech. Um, Peak group. fintech. Yes. How do you find these stocks that like? nobody's yeah. ever heard of except for you yeah i mean i find them like everywhere i mean one of the stocks i was researching the other day skipped on it was something like um i was just researching this very small company and um, i was actually looking at uh, app harvest the other day just checking after hours flow um, i use that on stock pits just because my broker won't tell me what after hours was and somebody went oh why is this why is this company way cheaper the other company's involved in the cannabis field or something but um Yes, I mean, I just find it everywhere. You know, people tell me about socks sometimes. I I always remember this one person told me about that Vuzix. The glass is one at $4. Didn't do any research into it. <laughs> Seeing things at like $30 now. But yeah, I find it everywhere. People recommend them to me with Peak. 
I found it through one of the groups I was a member of. Um, you know, it's only about ten people, but one of them was they were talking talking about um, Peak. So obviously, I do some research into Peak, find out about Peak, you know, dig through some SEC filings, SG blocks. Can't quite remember. Um, this was like months back. Okay. You know, as I said, this time round went. And, and before- did you get into yeah. it months back, or you've been watching it for a while, and now you made the decision to get into it? Yeah, so months back, I was in this stock around the $4 range, 4.40. The stock ran up to 8. I sold okay. around $6. A nice profit in about two months owning the stock. Um, and I had the flare the other day. It just came into my mind for some reason. I remembered SG Blocks. Now I just went to have a look at the company. And I was like, oh, I was astounded about what they've done so far, you know, far surpassing my revenue projections, which I was planning, you know, months back. Okay. All right. And, and, then, and then how is life in the UK? I remember yeah. last time you were on, you said you need to get a COVID test every single day at school. Is that still the case? What, yeah. what What's up? Yeah, so I do COVID tests. I have a vaccine today. Um, not for Which COVID. Which one? Which one? Honestly, I got no clue. I just, I just had a random vaccine. Um, it's not COVID. I think it was something like a... Well, I, I can't even remember. It's like it begins with a H and ends with an I. Yes, I had a vaccine today. Um, Wait, yeah, it was a COVID vaccine or is just like some random like flu... It's a random God. random vaccine at school. All right, okay. Maybe yeah. maybe polio, who knows. All right. Not polio, it's not polio. I think it's, it's not um, polio, okay. It might be the three like kind of three different diseases in one jab, I'm not quite too sure. Boom. Okay. But you're yeah, still getting so, tested every day. Yeah, still getting tested um Can two you still times smell? a week. You didn't lose your sense of smell? <laughs> not yeah, but um it, it's definitely always sore up, it's like up on the nose. Now just a little bit more every time I take it up. I always sneeze constantly since I've uh, taken a COVID. Wait, let me just, all right, well, last thing, and then we'll get back to stocks in a second. But, like, logistically, how does that work? So I'd imagine there's, you know, several hundred to a thousand plus kids at your school. Yeah. Like, does it take half the day to, to do this with everybody, or what's the deal? Yeah, so first two weeks back at school after the third lockdown, um, it's two weeks at school, COVID tests, and now it's um two at home, so you've got to take them at home. So you've got to take these, you know, take them all out, you know, see what the instructions do and then test them all. See what this, and the like white strip says, you know, where the line is. So, yeah, that's what I'm using right now. So that's two at home a week. So, yeah. Okay. All right. And, and then and then let me ask you this. This last one, we have to move on. But any words of wisdom into this big earnings week that we have? I know you're a long Tesla into it. I, I don't know if you have anything 44% else. 44% Tesla. At this moment 44% of your portfolio is Tesla? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 40, 44%. Um, obviously, I think it's know what you own. Um, if you're investing in the company and they've got, a, let's say, they miss on revenue by a ton, it doesn't um, turn out like you'd expected. Now, I wouldn't say just you know, paper hand, sell it, not financial advice, but don't go paper hand mode and sell it unless there's something which fundamentally has changed. And yeah, yeah, I just say keep on top of everything. I mean, I've only got a few companies in my portfolio. So I like um, keeping on top of it all. Just have one question in chat there. How do you keep trading during school hours? Well, I live in the UK. So um, about 2.30 is when the market opens, 3 o'clock is when the school finishes. So, you know, I've basically got a whole and day to basically trade and do my One last lightning blast. Cool. Boom. Awesome, man. Well, hey, I appreciate you coming on. Will, will, will you give us the, the YouTube and the Twitter so, so people can stay in yeah. touch? So Twitter is Young Investor 2 and YouTube is Young Investor. And one day we're going to get you Young Investor 1. If you need help with that, <laughs> let us know. Yeah. Um, last time I checked Young Investor 1, it was at an Arabian 
person who's never tweeted before. And the one we'll tweet was once from 2014. Um, yeah. Z- so Zinger Nation will figure that one out. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you're watching, we'll, I'll give you 10 bucks. Boom. There it is. 10 bucks. I get a double up, $20 reward. That's yours oh, that, taking. Yeah. That, that will buy you a, um, a nice Lamborghini. I'm joking. Maybe yeah. a McDonald's. Maybe a few McDonald's. Yeah. A fractional share of Tesla. Yeah. Uh, fractional share cool. of Tesla. Awesome, man. Th- thanks for coming on and hanging out. Thanks so much for having me on, Luke. And make sure you all smash the like button for Benzinga. Subscribe to the channel. I think we've seen it across the board recently with all the finance channels. Ever since the correction, views have been dipping across the board. So Benzinga really needs to pump out that algorithm right now as all the finance channels. So smash that like button for them yeah, down below and subscribe to the channel. Um, 100,000 subs for Benzinga soon. Boom. That's what I'm talking about, baby. Appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thank, thanks so much for having me on again, Luke. Absolutely. All right, guys, how about that? Boom, I tell you guys up top, this is the Trade Idea Show. I already talked about about earnings, uh, my three rules for trading earnings. If you missed them, rewind, or maybe we'll recap in a little bit. Plus, my earnings play, uh, we we just got a new stock out of Young Investor, SGBX. Coming up on the show, we're about to talk a little bit of macro, uh, macro markets a little bit. Uh, One o'clock Eastern, Vuzix, ticker Vuzi. Uh, CEO is going to be joining us. And of course, we are going to do our chat challenge where, where Zinger Nation is basically going head to head. The question of the week, I'll give you a preview, is going to be what is the best performing earning stock going to be? That's the question, guys. Um, so, so be ready for that one. But without further ado, I want to go ahead, bring our next guest onto the screen. <laughs> All right, guys, we are joined by Todd Rich, Head of Content and Education at IGUX. Uh, US. Todd, thanks so much for joining us today. How are you doing? Oh, awesome. Phenomenal. The best. I've got both doses of the vaccine in me. I'm ready to get the hell out of the house. All right. What'd you get? I got Pfizer. You Pfizer? take what you can get. Yeah. You just whatever they're going to give you, take what you can get. Where, 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 uh, where in the country are you? I am in the Midwest. I'm in Chicago. I'm in the Midwest. Okay. All right. In Detroit, we have excess vaccines. So I think you can actually sort of pick. Like, like uh, there's so many openings that it's like, all right, yeah. this one's got the Pfizer, this one's got the Moderna, you know, sign up for what you want to. Yeah, that's yeah. right now in Chicago. I actually had to go out to the suburbs. I was this close to making a run to Indiana or Michigan uh, to get one because there was just too much demand in Illinois and not enough. But it's it's opened up. It's definitely opened up. Okay. Awesome. Well, well, but before we, we, we dive into markets, uh, can you, can you just give us a little bit of your background and, and tell us a little bit about IG? Oh, for real. Uh, so, well, one, I'm a former floor trader. Uh, I got my MBA out of UCLA, uh, back in the nineties and then took it, that diploma, chucked it in the trash can and stood on the trading floors for a decade here in Chicago, came off the trading floors and went to work for the exchanges. Uh, Deutsche Börse, spent some time with uh, Eurex, if you're familiar with futures, out of Frankfurt, Germany, a global exchange. Went to work for Boston Options Exchange, then the New York Stock Exchange for a number of years. Uh, Left the New York Stock Exchange for retail. Uh, Really took an interest in retail traders and ended up in uh, what what became E-Trade. Options House got bought by uh, E-Trade, and then uh, left there as they sold E-Trade to Morgan Stanley. Now, over at IG, 
if you haven't heard of IG, it is a very large global brokerage uh, out of London. Uh, globally, Asia, Europe, really big in the foreign exchange markets, but offers access to everything. But in the United States, IG has had a small footprint uh, with a little publication called Daily FX. And uh, then it's also got Nadex, which is where I spend most of my time. And by the way, you're all retail traders. If you aren't familiar with Nadex, we're going to have to talk about that because it's a smaller exchange designed for retail traders. Uh, if you haven't, it's the premier binary options uh, call spread knockouts exchange in the United States. Uh, and it offers access, not just because I know everyone's going, Oh, those guys are foreign exchange. IG is definitely foreign exchange. Uh, but IG has got a small, uh, RFED, uh, a, a retail foreign exchange desk in the United States, but they just spent a billion dollars and are buying with, with a B works. with a B wait, wait, hold on. Let's, let's, let's be dramatic. Okay. B R billion. Ready? Wait, wait, hold on. <laughs> One billion. <laughs> All right. What did, what did you buy for a billion dollars? Tasty works, tasty oh. trade. You're probably familiar with them. It's the same crew, Tom Sosnoff. They built thinkorswim, sold it to TD Ameritrade, went and built another, uh, retail brokerage uh, with a media entity behind it as well, designed for. So you probably heard of Tasty. IG's making a, they're placing a stake in the ground. They're coming to the United States, coming to, and with the Tasty acquisition and Nadex. If you don't know Nadex, go to nadex.com. Uh, if you are looking for short term price action, equity indices, commodities, which right now I know you guys are talking about individual stocks, but the commodities, uh, right? I mean, we're going into a season right now where gold and oil, if you're not taking a look at those markets, you're missing out. I mean, that's with inflation, yeah. interest yeah. rates, uh, the Fed making policy changes, the economy recovering. It's uh, Those markets are ripe for volatility. And Nadex has got some, and you know what binary options are, by the way. Well, but, you probably but I don't know say, I was going to actually say, uh, can, what can, can you explain how, how, yeah, how binary options work? A binary option is just a, it's a yes or no question. Will gold be above 1780 in the next two hours? Or will it be above 1780 at the end of the day? Yes or no. Uh, will crude oil finish the day above $62 a barrel? Yes or no. Uh, so you're, you're probably familiar with yes or no. Uh, I don't really want to equate it to this but the it. analogy works will it. the bears beat the packers yes or no and and our binary options they're all a hundred dollar contracts so everything it's and so it's throughout the day you can trade it uh you and since they're all small they're for retail traders you bet 20 to potentially make 80 uh, you know what your risk is going into it. You know what you could potentially ma uh, make. I bet 50 to make 50. It's always going to add up to 100. And the yeah. cool thing is you can trade out of them, unlike uh, the analogy I used before. But let's just go with oil. 
I like oil early in the or you know I might take a look at oil. What it's been doing lately is it's been making a move over the European session and completely retracing during the U.S. session. You know, people could hate oil in early in the day, sell, 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 sell. Uh, but then when the U.S. trader comes online, it's buy, 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 buy. You can actually trade these binary options back and forth throughout the day. I can not like oil. I could sell these binary options looking for them to head towards zero. And then at halftime, go, I know that it's going to come back and start buying them back and then go long them. So trading those binary options. We also have knockouts and call spreads, which are, if you're, you have options traders, I know you're going to talk about hedging a position tomorrow, yep. which I think is slick. That's actually where I come from is the equity options world. Okay. That's what I did at E-Trade. That's what I traded on the floor. Uh, I think it's fantastic to use options. But if you're not familiar with those concepts, you can get into these markets like crude oil or gold or foreign exchange markets or the indices, uh, the NASDAQ, the S&P 500, the Russell 2000, uh, the Dow Jones, and you can trade them and they're predefined risk reward contracts. So you know what you could potentially make, you know what you could potentially lose. And if you have some of those surprises, which you were talking about earlier, you don't want to blow up uh, because of our contracts are, are, are pretty small. Uh, notionally, uh, but because they're defined risk reward, everything's fully collateralized. You, there's there's never a margin call. You can never lose more than what you initially put into the trade. And and, and, and a question of, that's coming out of the chat about those that, that I think is interesting. Is, is it peer-to-peer -peer trading? Is, is, there, is there a market yeah. maker involved? How exactly does that work? We definitely have market makers to keep the screens lit. Okay. But we are a proper exchange. We're regulated by the CFTC for our binary options, call spreads, knockouts. So we have the same rules and regulations, say, that the CME have or that ICE, who owns the New York Stock Exchange, has. We have market makers lighting up the screen, but we have a central limit order book. So okay. any, you know, if I want to put a bid between the bid-ask spread or an offer, between, I can. Uh, I can expose my order to the market. Someone uh, might want to trade with me. Uh, so it's, and there's a depth of view book as well, uh, but it's anyone can trade with anyone. I could put a bid below or in between. I could put an offer above or in between. Okay. Uh, so it's, uh, and volumes have been off the hook. I mean, we have absolutely exploded that. with retail traders coming into the markets. Uh, people, are, uh, we've had a, a ton of retail traders, particularly new folks, because the defined risk reward. If you wanted to try and test out some of these markets, you want to try to trade. If you're swinging around some of these stocks that are can be so volatile that uh, that can wipe you out or blow you up, um, the fact that you know exactly what you're getting into at Nadex is kind of slick. Okay, it's really kind of slick. You should check them and, out. And and I will say, by the way, I want to put a little plug in. If you don't know, go to Nadex.com and check it out. But if you've never traded any of these things before, we're at. I mean, it's just kind of ironic it. it's it's actually pretty fun I don't it's know fun it's say that the it's adrenaline fun, on it pretty it's damn fun. blast but we're running a boot camp a week from tomorrow for trading golden oil because that's okay. actually what people i mean traders are looking at right now it's those products supply demand on the economic recovery uh interest rates and inflation on gold i mean these markets are so hot so, so, so you gave us a tip of what to look at with oil, right? You, you said we're, we're seeing Europe sell it and, and then, you, then U.S. traders buy it up. Is, yep. Anything like that that we should be paying attention to for the gold market or, or for people who aren't deep in the gold market, like, hey, here, here's where I can start looking? 
So gold is, is a proxy for inflation. So pay attention to gold on Wednesday. We're going to hear what the Fed has to say, right? They're coming out with their uh, FOMC statement. I doubt they're going to move interest rates anywhere off of a quarter percent. There's no way they're changing anything. Um, but their vernacular might change. You know, the, if, if you're not familiar with right. it, the Fed has a mandate to try to keep inflation around 2%. And they've tried to spur inflation, actually, so they can even, I mean, we got interest rates at the lowest they've ever been. And they're just, they, they haven't been able to see that. Now that the economy is firing up, we're actually starting to see some inflation. Uh, Powell went on 60 Minutes a couple of weeks ago, Jay Powell, said he's prepared to let the economy run hot for a little bit and overshoot it. So what does that mean? If we're running at 2.5%, 3%, will he let it run that way for a little while? But people are measuring inflation now. They're looking at 4%. We might be running hot. And um, in that regard, uh, you know, that would drive the price of gold higher. Um, so things to be looking at, right? Cause whenever you have inflation, it's all these assets are going to start going up in price and, yep. uh, you know, gold also it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out against a lot of this crypto stuff. Cause a lot of the younger generation have put their, their, some of those store of value assets into cryptocurrencies. And, you know, as those you know, if that starts, that bubble starts to pop a little bit or some of the gas comes out, people could end up flooding back into the store of value that's been there for thousands of years, namely gold, yep. right? It's a precious metal, limited and no, it's, quantity, it's and it's shiny. an interesting space. And guys, yeah. I, I dropped the link to, to the boot camp, the, the how to trade gold and oil that, that, that Todd was talking about in the chat. So if you want to join that, link is there for your viewing pleasure. So yeah, I you know I I just I, I by the way I love young investor. That's just fantastic. I know, um, isn't he the best? I, I you know what when it does um, not get any better than that. No, I, I I'm I'm gonna give you a personal story here. Uh, I've got two sons. Uh, one's about to graduate from Northwestern. The other one's a freshman down at Tulane. When they were first born, my parents gave me a few hundred dollars for to help out with the crib. You know and. My father, my father-in-law gave whatever. So I had a little bit of money. I matched it and I put it in accounts for each of the kids and just threw it into a fund and let it grow for a bit. But when they were about eight or nine, I, I introduced them like, Hey guys, you've got a little bit of money. And I explained the stock market and how you invest. And we reallocated those funds and it's trade what you know. And they discussed it, talked it over, and eventually we re reallocated that out into, well, what would an eight-year-old boy want to invest in? So um, it was Coca-Cola, Disney. Okay. Um, I loved it. I mean, they, they, the light bulb went on. These, they get the concept. They really do if you talk to them about it. Um, I thought it was fascinating because at the time, too, my older son noticed that a lot of people smoke. And okay. so a piece of it went to Philip Morris. There you <laughs> yeah, go. I mean, All right. Eight years old, starting him off young. I like it. You know, hey, I mean, but I he's not going to smoke, but they had the wisdom and the foresight to see it. You know, they got it. Um, so I love to see young investor out there doing it because um, let's face it. How else are you going to build wealth? Um, exactly. So cool. Uh, and there, but there are more than just stocks. Uh, taking a look at some of the commodity markets, foreign exchange, really hot. Uh, but then you can also always, you know, the the equity indices. 
particularly as people start to see rotations a little bit. If we get an economic recovery, the NASDAQ might not perform as well as some of the blue chips. We've seen that rotation a bit. Yep. Um, right? So Absolutely. all sorts of opportunity. All sorts Boom. of opportunity. All right, guys. I'm dropping the link to the, the How to Trade Gold and Oil Boot Camp in there again. So you can go hang out with Todd. Todd, we appreciate you for coming on and hanging out with us today. Oh, man, it's been a blast. Love being here. I hope we can come back and talk about all sorts of other fun stuff. Boom. I love it. <laughs> right, right, I, and I like that oil tip again. That's the Europe's been selling. U.S. has been buying. All right. Yeah, that gives me something to go off of. We call them parabolic retracements. Uh, it, it just It's like makes an emotional move. And it, whether it's an emotional move up, it's just been, you know, then it comes right back down. I mean, it's just kind of crazy. So keep an eye on it. All right. I'm going to keep an eye. Thanks, Todd. All right. Excellent. Thanks. Of course, this is the idea show. We, we are trying to bring you the most interesting companies that we know. Uh, so Paul Travers, CEO of Vuzix, ticker V-U-Z-I, Vuzi, what, one of the hottest stocks of the past several months, is going to be joining us at 1 o'clock Eastern uh, just a couple minutes from now. I think we might even get a guest appearance from Benzinga CEO Jason Rasnick in a little bit. Uh, we need Jason on here to talk about Tesla. Tweet at him. It's at Jason Rasnick. Say, Jason, we need the Tesla thoughts. He was on the Tesla train. I mean, before anybody, like eight years ago, he was on the Tesla train uh, and, and has been studying that stock ever since. Um, at 1.30, we're going to be bringing Moniker Group CEO Bill Kirby on. Uh, uh, a little preview for tomorrow. The group voted. We do want to run an options hedging for earnings. A uh, little demo tomorrow. Uh, but, but before we do that, before we get to any of those things, let's go ahead and let's grab some tickers out of the chat. You know, I always make time for chat tickers, even if we have a jam-packed day like we do today, right? I always make time for chat tickers. First one on the radar, uh, NEO, ticker NIO. This is, as you guys know, a stock that I love to hate, but but I'm flipping it around right now. Uh, hold on. See, I need my, I, I, I lost my buttons. Oh, all right. We lost the buttons. I had a good one queued up. Let's try this one. All right, rally horn a little bit disappointing, but all right, Neo stock that that historically I love to hate. Uh, I actually do like this one right now. The chart is beautiful. Here, here, here's a five day chart that we are looking at. Um, I'm gonna zoom us out to the one year chart. Check this out. One year, you 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 can see these daily candles right. We're we're definitely absolutely getting a break in the stock. We 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 had some previous selling up here at this 42 ish level. Uh, we are above that. It looks like we have some room to fly at least until about 46 or so. The, the one warning that I'm going to give, and this is going back to my first rule of earnings, which is know your dates, right? The first thing that I notice on my Benzinga Pro, pro.benzinga.com, when I look at this Neo chart, is that is that we have earnings coming in three days after the close of market on Thursday. So, so if you are looking to get long this one, it's definitely not a stock that I would hold into earnings Um you know, highly, highly volatile, you know, hi, highly speculative. I, I would maybe trade the momentum on this thing into that report. Uh, if, if you love the company, you love the story. It's a long-term holding. Good luck. But but again, always know your date. Know how your peer companies are doing. Uh, and, and you will be in an okay position. Uh, and I see Jason's here. Mr. Yes. Resnick joining us on Tesla Day. Good day to have you here. Yes, Tesla Day. What do you want to know? Are, are you, how, how are you feeling? Like, give me like the gut check, like the, we're, we're feeling good. We're feeling bad. What, what's the move? I think gross margin will be a little, a uh, little lower than typical only because, I mean, they've sold more 
you know, model Ys, model threes, I guess gross margin actually will be good. Total revenue may be lower because I think they've been way slower on getting the new model S's and model X's out, which will okay. hurt overall revenue because they average price around a hundred, whereas model Y is 70, model three is 50. So I think gross margin will be good. Total revenue could be short only because they've been a lot slower in getting the Model S and Model Y out. If you go to their site right, Model S and Model X out. If you go to Tesla's site right now, it's 12 to 16 weeks for a Model X um, and a Model S. Whereas, whereas for Model Y, Model 3, it's pretty quick. Okay. And, and then we got news over the weekend that Elon Musk is going to be hosting Saturday Night Live on May 8th. I think that's I actually a catalyst for the stock. That, I know that Friday into the Saturday night live. I might buy a little bit of Tesla. It's going to be so mainstream. Every retail brokerage account is going to be looking at Tesla on Monday. I know my only reason I didn't want him to do it. Cause I want him to focus on Tesla, you know, cause say it again. My only reason I didn't want him to do it because I want him not to be distracted. Yeah, it's I know not. you're saying 12. So, so, so my first thought is you're saying 12 to 16 weeks for deliveries. He's hosting Saturday night live with Miley Cyrus. I'm like, all right, dude, let's get the cars going and then go on Saturday night live. That's right. That's right. Yes. That's exactly. That, that's that's my challenge. Do you get what I'm saying? I get what you're saying. All right. Well, we have an exciting guest coming up. We have a very big guest coming on. A favorite of the chat. The, the Zinger community has been asking about this one for a while. We always deliver. Do you we know the company? Interesting companies. What did you say? Do you know the company? Vuzix? Of, of course. I think it's an interesting play. I think, I think it's a super interesting company. The stock's, of course, been hot. People, people like it. I know. Yeah. That's what we do. We deliver. It's you, like you know, like it, like, it, like like AR type play. It's pretty interesting. You're right. Innovation, Kathy Wood type style, um, investment. You know. Uh, but yep. uh, yeah. So um, oh, or, uh, oh, U.S. Steel's earnings are Thursday. Wow. Okay. I still own those call options. So in the chat, they told me to buy it a long time ago, and it's been a dog for me. Thursday so. after market close. By the way, have you I don't seen know how that? people do earnings season without Benzinga Pro? I said earlier on the show that if you still haven't started that free pro trial, there's literally no better time than right now in this heavy earnings season. Link is in the chat. Yeah. Do you know, though, um, what are we going to say? I guess I saw it in the chat, but I don't know what just happened. Um, do you know? We, yeah, we have, we have a lot of earnings, obviously. But what about MMDF? Do you see that move? Go, listening for the NASDAQ? Uh, MMDF. MindMed. Go in NASDAQ? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It, 46%. It was it was at $1.30 and it was on our small cap conference. Boom. Yeah, that's, that, that's Kevin O'Leary, the whole crew. So what, uh, what was the price of the Benzinga small cap conference? Around 130 Okay. Yeah, that that that's a good four or five bagger. Okay, okay. Yep. I'll yep. bite. I'll bite. Mel Rasnick owns it too, actually. So, all right, I'll have to give him a celebratory call tonight. Yep. All right. Or maybe so, stop by for a nice dinner. I don't know. Just taking everyone maybe, out with this game. Maybe, maybe with knowing he owns. I and I didn't tell him to buy it. I was like, I don't know, you know. Um, all right. So we got our guest coming on right now, Luke. Any? I think I'm doing the interview. Any? Any questions you want me to ask? Um, uh, it, it, producer AB has, has some good ones. I know, I know. 
Um, but but something that, that I think, I mean, let, let, let's just start with uh, the overview and, and what led to the vision of the company, I think is yeah. always interesting. Uh, it really gets into the soul, soul of the company outside of just the numbers. Oh, yeah. All right. So we, you know, I guess what you want to you want to do the thing, the, the clip thing. And yep. if you're listening, hit the like button. And here we go and say bye to Luke. He's, he's going to go um, fish. I'm going to go in fishing, guys. Happy trading. All right. So, all right. You're there. Hello, Paul. How are you? Pretty good, Jason. And you? Good. Nice nice to see you today. Um, people, as you know, investors... Investors are excited about innovation, things that help can help improve life, things that can help improve the uh, military, anything around that. Um, and, you know, and you, you've definitely piqued investors' interest. Uh, you've been on, the, I believe, the show before. Real quick, though, what led to the launch of this company and how, how long has it been around for? Long history. I worked at Kodak for five years and left because they didn't like film being replaced by digital products. <laughs> Built and sold two small companies, sold one to advanced micro devices effectively and, and the other one I sold to, uh, to Belkin. And then I started the world's first consumer virtual reality head mounted display company. So this was 1993. And in 97, I bought out all the outside shareholders and started Vuzix. Our focus because we were making these near eye display things for VR. We said, look, the big bulky things, you know, you disappear from the real world. That doesn't work for the defense markets. And, and we had an initial focus on the defense markets. So we made this thing called a TAC eye, which was a monocular device. It went here in your eye and special forces guys could throw a robot inside of a building from a company called iRobot and they drive the robot around and they could see through the robot's eyes through these glasses that we made. And we worked with DRS and Raytheon and made thermal weapon site engines. And so we really got a pretty good feel for the defense markets. And one of the things we learned early on in the game was if you make big, bulky and heavy devices, they're not going to work. And if you make immersive devices, they'll probably just be useful for training. So we've been trying to make these super lightweight wearable computing systems. The special forces guys came to us and said, Paul, we want to have a pair that look like Oakley style sunglasses with the computers built into the glasses. If we had those, half the US military would buy these things from you. Um, at the time, they were using our TACI tough books, open them up at night, light up like a Christmas tree. And so they were trying to replace all of that with just a pair of glasses with computers in them. Uh, over the years, we found that they need to be lightweight, truly wearable. We're selling these products into enterprise today for the most part. Um, medical organizations right on through to warehousing, logistics, remote auditing. It's amazing. And this whole thing with COVID has kind of pushed it along quite a bit, frankly. It's difficult to visit one of your plants in China or to get into an operating theater today because COVID, you're not even allowed in the front door. But with our glasses, a person can wear the glasses. They're these lightweight, high, high speed, eight core processors built into them high resolution 4K cameras. And so I can put the glasses on, wear them during an operation or working on XYZ piece of equipment. And then through the internet, I can have another person log in and see what I'm doing and either help me or I can train them on doing that particular task. So it all started with VR headsets, <laughs> but where it's going, it's 
the future of computing. And if you look at what's going on with things like AR Core and AR Kit, people are being trained to hold their phone up, point it down the The camera's running, but on the backside, maybe there's on the road in front of you arrows telling you how to get to the restaurant that you chose. Or like Pokemon Go, where you hold it up and you chase characters down the street. All of those augmented reality kinds of applications are really training people the next paradigm of computing. In the, in the future, computing is going to take the digital world and bring it into the real world, and it's going to change how almost everything is done. So it's an exciting time to be making these lightweight devices. And from the very beginning, the US defense guys asked if we could make Oakley-style sunglasses. So we have a lot of intellectual properties about taking this pair that you're seeing right here, which is a workhorse, but getting them to ultimately look like Oakley's, or if you've seen the movie, The Kingsman, the Kingsman-style glasses. You'll put them on, and instead of holding your phone up, that information will just be in the glasses in front of you, connecting the digital and the real world. The future of computing. So, I mean, it seems amazing. I mean, I solved so many problems for my mom when she's trying to show me something at her computer, and I don't have to use TeamViewer, and I can see what she's seeing. Yeah. All that stuff. Is this, go ahead. TeamViewer is a partner of Usix. You can run TeamViewer's software, either Upskill or UbiMax, and they bought both of them. Um, you can now, using that software, do anything from picking at a warehouses to this remote help kinds of things that you just described. Only now, it's not just about helping your mom with her computer. It's maybe helping her change the oil filter on the car, although your mom probably wouldn't be doing that. It, but. <laughs> but so can I buy these right now? Yeah, they're available today. In fact, Buzix's revenues are climbing quarter after quarter. Yep. And, and we're going to get to the revenue. We're going to get to the numbers in a second. But yep. where would I where would I buy these? Um, we sell through distribution, but you can just go to our website. It's the best place to get started. All of our products are out there. Um, if you're a larger company and you buy through distribution, we can enable that for you also. But Vuzix.com. And you can see the 300, the 400s out there, our blade. And soon our next generation smart glasses that have this sort of really cool look and feel. Okay. So like that's the next generation? Well, right now we're calling it next generation smart glasses. We haven't given it a formal brand yet, um, but they are by far the sexiest glasses Vuzix is going to be coming out with or anybody I think on the planet has come out with. It's a look and feel that just, you know, it's not been shown before. If you go under the technology section, I think it's the second over. If the tabs across the top there, up or right one, yeah, technology. And then I think, uh, yes. Or maybe it's, I need my glasses on to see it. Scroll down further. I think it's the bottom tab on that page you were just on. Yep, those. There's an ex enough technology in those glasses actually to have an LTE radio even. So you might imagine that's the smartphone of the future. You'll be able to make and receive phone calls, get on the internet, do all that connected stuff that we were talking about. We'll have, we'll have multiple versions of these, some with more capabilities, some with less. Are those a real thing right now? Are those out there or no? The waveguides and the display engines, they're not shipping yet. These won't be shipping. They'll be shipping to key partners by the end of this year. Um, and then sometime early in Q1, sometime in Q1, we're expecting them to ship in general. 
Okay. And then and if you look at those frames right there that the, underneath the word musics, all of the CPU electronics batteries, these are all in. This is effectively a, as much as a full smartphone. LTE radios, connectivity, binocular, you look through and the imagery floats out in front of you and there's cameras out the front if you so to desire to have those versions. No. See this little tiny display engine right here? That's the smallest micro display engine on the planet today. It's the size of a pencil eraser and it puts out 2 million nits of light. Um, yeah, it's this little tiny low power self-emitting display. Yeah, but I, I get it. It's in the glasses, but what am I what am I doing with it? Like I'm wearing the glasses and I'm like, I'm saying like, you know, come like, what am I, what am I doing with it? Like, what am, let me tell you what a doctor would do with them today. You're a right. doctor, you're down in Africa, you have the glasses on, you're in the operating theater and it's the first time you've done this portion of an open heart surgery. So you have the glasses on, the camera's running, an expert doctor in San Francisco is seeing what you're seeing right through your eyes as you're operating on this patient. That doctor can reach in and with that view, draw on the screen and say, no, 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 cut the artery here, not the vein over there or whatever it is that might need to be done. So it's this remote sharing, just like doing a Zoom call, but it happens in your glasses. If you're a average Joe, you might be you know, running down the street, listening to your favorite music's directions to get to the next place. Um, Pokemon Go, instead of holding your phone up, pointing it down the street, I mean, basically, the ability to connect the digital world to the real world. You, you think about those directions. You want to get to the Italian restaurant and you're in New York City. People are looking with their face stuck in their phones, pointing the, the phone, you know, to try to figure out the directions. None of that's needed anymore. Just put the glasses on, say directions to the Thai restaurant. Boom. And the, on the road in front of you, those directions will appear. No, that, that, would, be, that would be awesome. And, and guys, in, in the chat, I'm going to ask some of the questions that we have. And then for the last five minutes, I'm going to take chat questions. So I see your chat questions there. One of our producers is noting them. So we're going to get them. Feel free to keep asking and we'll get to as many um, questions as we can. Okay. Jason, we have doctors today that use this M400 right here as an example, standalone for knee surgery. The doctor has the glasses on. The knee is splayed open and they have a marker on the end of a of a rod arm that's screwed down to the person's leg. The doctor looks at that marker floating in space and then there's a reference marker on where the pins need to get aligned on the knee. And this is all happening in real time. He makes these adjustments in real time on the on the reference marker. When it gets aligned appropriately, he puts the screws in the knee fraction of the cost. It's much faster to get the operation done and it's really highly accurate. The glasses are used entirely to do just that job. Smart glasses are gonna be everywhere. If you think about a laptop with an Excel spreadsheet, that's a device that is highly useful or word processing. That's what's happening with smart glasses today. There's more and more applications that are coming that are very much like an Excel spreadsheet, but they enable things to be done that have never been done before. From open heart surgery, training, remote auditing. It's, it's amazing to me the number of companies that are using Buzix's products now. Yeah, and, and so, like, so I coach a flag football team and I went on Amazon and I bought glasses that have a camera built in so that we could get video from behind the quarterback's viewpoint. And it just had a camera built in. There was nothing we could do with it. It was just a you know dumb camera. You Then you have to connect it to a USB hub and then upload it. 
I mean, this is a small example where I feel like so much technology could be utilized here in a, in a professional, and even in a sport environment, I guess is what I was going to hundred percent. You might imagine a pair of these glasses if you went to the football game and just having the first yard downline painted on the, on the football field, like you were sitting at home and how interactive that is. Only now you can have all kinds of stats about each one of the football players, or if you're at the racetrack, giving you augmented information about the races. I mean, these things are going to appear everywhere. They're going to be part of life. So, so one question that I'm getting asked about, and I'm going to get to the financials and your your extraordinary growth, etc. Google Glass, Google Glasses. Did they abandon them? Like, what what happened there? Yeah, Google Glass is still there. You see these glasses that this gentleman's wearing right here, right? Yep. That eyepiece is designed to be put high up in this guy's view, down low in this guy's view. He can tilt that front eyepiece and move the camera. He can move it from his left eye to his right eye, either one. There's a bunch of different mounts that you can use this. This device has got an eight-core processor from Qualcomm. It's got a 4K camera image stabilized. Now let's talk about Google Glass. Google Glass is stuck in the upper right eye. That's it. You can't move it anywhere. It has a crippled processor. It's running slow. It has a fixed focus camera that's much lower resolution. When you try and stream high resolution content with Google Glass, it overheats, so they limit what your capabilities are. It's only right eye, so when you have a thousand employees, 20 to 30% of them can't wear the glasses because they're left eye dominant. This thing was designed to go to work and Google built Google Glass, what they thought was for the average consumer. There's places where it works in enterprise and they're still there, but nine times out of 10, Vuzix is pretty much ahead of Google Glass when it comes to the customer base and what they really need. These are easy to deploy from a warehouse to a construction site to the operating theater. Vuzix's glasses are great to use. You think about an operating theater, right? You, you might have a doctor, he's got these special glasses on. He's got these 5X eye loops that he's looking through so he can see what the operate, what's going on with the operation, right? Um, at the same time, he's got safety glasses and he's got PPE gear on. And somehow he's got to fit Google Glass into that. It just doesn't work. Whereas Vuzix has mounts for all of those kinds of situations where literally you've got all that gear on, you've got a headband on, and the glasses just sneak right in nice to get the job done. Got it. With where you're at in the space, well, uh, how many like engineers do you have working on this? Like, how many employees work? Yeah, Vuzix has about a hundred employees today. We've been doing this since '97, if you think about it. And uh, the intellectual properties that we built around waveguides. So, if you think again about Google Glass, right? It's using optics, literally, that are about as conventional as they're get. They're mirrors. They're Conventional lenses, basically Copernicus-style optics that have been around forever. Vuzix's optics are literally based on these really flat, thin optical surfaces that look a lot like your glasses, Jason. And we put on the surface of that a hologram so that we can then put them in a pair of glasses that literally look like regular glasses. So no longer are you going to see this computer stick here. You're going to wear these regular glasses, and the imagery will float out in front of you. It's different experience than what you might get with a Google Glass or any of the other competitive products that might be out there today. Music has been working very hard to make this stuff shrink down all day wearable, lightweight sort of form factors. And I think that effort 
and the software side of it that's also coming around for Vuzix has put us pretty much in the lead on the enterprise side of this business. Enterprise is going to be in the billions. There'll be millions of smart glasses sold into the enterprise space as they're used from in-store picking to warehousing to operating theaters around the world. Um, and and we, we have a lead there. And I think in the, in the enterprise side, yeah, Vuzix is really in a pretty good spot especially as we roll our next generation technology into it. So I just pulled up the Vuzix Amazon page. So um, you're selling some stuff through Amazon. Are these glasses the older ones or are these new? Which That's are our blade right there. That was our first pair that we came out with that sort of have that look and feel that an average Joe might wear. Um, again, these are still designed for the enterprise marketplace. You can see most of these images are around, you know, people at work. I will say we sell a fair number of them to consumers. Uh, they can do a lot of really cool things. There's games that you can play on them and you can have Amazon Alexa in the glasses and talk to them and they'll talk back and play your favorite music and all that sort of stuff. But they really are focused on enterprise today. So the ones that these are the new ones and these are around 1800. Yes, that's right. Okay, and these are just so much better? Well, it's a racehorse. It's it's designed to go to work. The the blade that you saw previously is an old four core processor. This is eight core, Qualcomm's latest XR technology, silicon. So it really does an amazing job. If you have the right network, you can stream 4K video out of this guy. So, you know, you were talking before where you had the camera and you were um, using them in some sporting events and stuff. With these guys, you turn it on, there's a beautiful OLED display. You can point it. It's basically like having a an internet-connected camera that you can completely control in the process. And with it, this is just, it's a racehorse. It does a phenomenal job on these remote support kinds of applications uh, in the operating theater. You need processing power to do a lot of the kinds of applications people are using today, and these guys have it. Can you, when Can the camera record full color? In fact, it can record full 4K video, so that's broadcast quality video and, and full color, yes. It's got, got it. 68 gigabytes of memory or 64 gig of memory built in, so it's, it can record literally based upon the resolutions, hours worth of video in the glasses. Got it. Now, I'm, I'm switching a little bit to the numbers. In 2020, you had, a, I think, a 74% increase in revenue. How did, Are you expecting similar growth in 2021? As, as long as it keeps going like it is, you bet we are. We haven't had, we report here in a couple of weeks. It's hard for me to get into what Q1 might have looked like, but um, it's, it's not a disappointing first quarter. And if you look at the business, the broad-based portion of our business seems to be ticking along nicely. It used to be a million dollars a quarter was a good quarter for, or quarter for Vuzix. We're doing that monthly now. Um, and some of the broad-based business, there's areas of that, in, like in the medical space and in some insurance areas and the likes where they're starting to buy in, in bigger volumes. So you got the broad-based portion of the business coming online and, you know, we're expecting growth, quite frankly, on both sides of it. But as as these companies start to deploy in bigger ways, we expect to have hotspots of pieces of business that are um larger percentages of quarterly revenues as we move along. Is the DOD Department of Defense, is that a big customer? It isn't yet. 
Um, we, you know, we, we sold our defense business quite some time ago, maybe a year and a half, two years ago. We, we had given an exclusive to the partner that we sold it to about a year, two years ago, let's say a year and a half. We bought back some of that exclusive. So we have just recently started to entertain more business in that space. And as you might imagine, if HoloLens is an example, they just got an IDIQ order for millions, hundreds of millions of dollars worth of product. Um, and Big Army has special areas where they need a waveguide and optics to sell, solve problems similar but different to what HoloLens does in that space. And so, you know, the OEM side of our business where we're supplying pieces and parts and components has started to, to pick up. And, you know, we're looking forward to ultimately being a, a decent sized supplier into that marketplace. Got it. Is that a hard thing to combat? Do they not want it, the latest technology? I mean, how, how, you know, how do they get it, you know, get the word out to those places? I mean, I feel like well, that's a hard business. You know? These are companies that we've supplied into before in the past. I mean, if you think about the DRSs, the Raytheons, the, you know, enhanced thermal weapon site programs where, you know, during the Iraq war, I don't know, maybe Vuzik sold three or 400,000 night vision engines, the electronics that went into the back of those thermal weapon site programs. Um, it takes time to win that kind of business because you have to build the solution that the military wants, then it becomes a program of record. And then at some point in time, it moves out into the real deployments. And yes, that, that does take time to make happen. That's what some of these OEM programs are about with Musics. We're helping to solve problems associated with trying to improve and enhance some equipment that's already in the field. And in some cases, it's brand new solutions. Okay, so now th this question, someone asked about LiDAR, and I don't believe there's LiDAR associated here, but will these glasses or glasses like this ever have a LiDAR component where you could like see through things in a military capacity? Well, we look at LiDAR a little bit differently. We look at LiDAR as sensing technology that allows us to see what's out in front of you. Um, you know, if you want to have computer objects that interact with the real world, those computer objects need to know where the real world objects are. They call that spatial computing kinds of stuff. And you can count on the fact that future generations of Vuzix products will have time of flight and LiDAR type technology in it that allows it to see the real world the computer to see the real world. So when it draws the virtual objects in it, like, you know, how do you know where to draw the line on the road or where the first down yard line is? The glasses need to know where that is. And so that technology is definitely technology that will be in Vuzix's, some of our next generation products. Uh, okay. Remember for us, we're trying to make these things lightweight, truly wearable today. There's a lot of applications right now that if you don't have to wear two and a half pounds of stuff and look like a box of rocks that you couldn't get through an eight hour day in enterprise, they're useless for. So if you you know load this thing up with all these sensors right now, you end up with devices that are big, bulky, and there's no way you could put it in an hour a day. So they're automatically being kind of like rejected for real deployments. So you got to think about how to shrink this stuff down to be little tiny stuff which is where our next generation smart glasses are coming from. We've worked really hard on this micro LED technology that's allowed us literally, well, in fact, here's a, that's a display engine right there. Put it on sure. the forehead so it's easier to see. That little thing right there, if I were to light it up and point it at the wall, it would project an image up on the wall just like your home theater system would, but it's been shrunk down to a pencil size device, eraser size. 
Wow. You can put that in the temple of glasses and it disappears. That's the kind of tech that music's working on. It's how you get to the point to where you make glasses people will actually put on. What, what? You, have to, you have to admit your wife probably wouldn't wear those glasses that that, that military helmet guy's wearing behind me there. And they wouldn't look good in downtown Manhattan walking down the street kind of a thing, right? Yep. Which profession is using glasses like this the most? Surprisingly, a year and a half ago, there was not that much happening in the medical space. But right now, I would suggest that it's probably one of music's biggest customer base areas. Medical from operating theater stuff I described earlier to training. I mean, you can put these glasses on and the resolution is so great. You can even see the sutures if you're doing open heart surgery. So with the glasses on for training purposes, the other way around, the glasses are on and somebody is helping me as and as, an, as a doctor learn how to do this new operation. And they need all this sort of stuff today because you know, companies like Medtronic have equipment in the hospitals. They need to be there during the operations to help maintain and keep that equipment running. Well, how do you do that with COVID? It's, it's a nightmare. So now what they're doing is they're putting our glasses in the operating theater. The doctor puts the glasses on and Medtronic personnel can literally watch in just through the the just through the computer system and the glasses to help maintain and keep that equipment going. You can do many, many more operations. Uh, it's easier. It's less expensive. You don't have guys in the field 24-7 racking up big, big airplane bills and burning jet fuel. Got it. Got it. Okay. So, wait. Um, one of the th things that – wait, what was this person? I thought it was a, a good idea. Um, oh, this one is, can you, uh, what's the insurance company who purchased them recently? Yeah, well, we didn't necessarily announce the name of the company. Um, yeah, breaking, um, news, breaking news here. We got, we got a huge audience. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just say they're, they're one of the top guys and they're using it for just what you might imagine when you're trying to do um assessments on vehicles and the likes it's these glasses can help out a fair amount in that space um so, you might imagine that it's not it's not just vehicles it's there's a lot of different places in insurance where if there's let's say a hurricane that hit then you have to go in and and determine you know repair bills and how much you're going to pay for all those assessments take time and you need qualified people so these glasses help support that one one question is on the surgery type stuff, and I know what you were saying remote and like you you're talking to you know Zim whoever like the vendor and they're seeing the video. Why do you need AR or VR? Why can't it just be glasses with video capability that can be live streamed to something else? It's a two way thing, right? So I have the glasses on and I'm performing the operation. Imagine this. Let's pretend that I'm trying to defuse a bomb and the bomb is sitting in front of me and I got the glasses on and the expert who knows this bomb is sitting in a air conditioned area. He's looking at the computer screen and he, because the camera is looking at the bomb and the display screen is looking at that same feed coming off the camera, me as the guy that's doing the bomb diffusion, I can look inside and I'm working and my hands are down there and all of that scene is going to the expert. Now I get ready to cut the blue wire Okay. The expert sees that. He's like, wait, no. Then he takes his, his stylus and he reaches out and he grabs on his screen and says, no, 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 no. You got to cut the red wire, this one right here. 
and he puts a check mark on it and he highlights it. And in my glasses, I'm seeing that red wire lit up. So he can walk me step by step by step through this process, two way. So you think about it, this is the future of communications. It's voice and it's video and it's two way. So back and forth annotations. I can be at a certain part through the, through the operation or through the bomb thing and say, wait, let me show you the schematic for this. And you can push the PDF of the schematic up onto my glasses. So this is a two way, you think about doing an audit, right? I'm a, I'm a, a guy that's sitting in a warehouse and I'm, the auditors are saying, let's check what inventory that's in box location A7. I come over, I look inside and it's back and forth between me and the auditors so that we can ferret out this audit to make sure that the part count was right, et cetera. So this is about two-way communications and the AR piece comes in when you are trying to help the person that with the glasses on, you can literally draw on his field of vision and help him get that particular task done. Great. The, the chat is requesting us, Paul, the next time we do this interview to do it with the glasses on. They're saying they should be using your 4K camera. We should be using a 4K camera and I should be on it with, with this and I could see the comments there. I don't know if that's possible. but What we could do is the next time I could give everybody a walking tour of the facilities and I can walk through the building and we can talk to each other and you say, hey, go look at that thing and let's check out this thing. And let's do that. Yes. Let, let's let's do that because they that would that would show off your camera. Um, I was about to buy it on Amazon just now, but then I'm like, wait, I don't know if that's the right one I want. And I'm always like very picky with my <laughs> technology and then I wear glasses, too. So that's the issue. Um, so then I'm like, all right, I'll hold off for a second. Um, but yeah, a walking tour of the facility with you with the glasses on would be great because then you see, you know, you see what's going on. I mean, if you're willing to do that, let's do that. I mean, if you want to, I don't know if you want to wait till after, I think you have earnings May 11th or 10th or 12th, one of the yeah, days. It's that Monday, but yeah, I okay. would love to do it. I think it really would highlight how this all works. Yeah, so, for sure. Okay, so let's fact, do that. We can, we can go so far as to, log in and I can give you an example of how work instructions work and how you can talk to the glasses and I can have one of my colleagues join and we could do a remote support call and then I could, it's an ending pile of stuff, but yeah, you can see how the voice controls work because everything can be driven just by voice. You might imagine a doctor in an operating theater can't go like this to zoom in. He can just say, zoom in 2X and I mean, all of this stuff is hands-free voice driven and there's nothing like seeing it in person. Yep. And on that earnings call, will you name the insurance company or you're not look they don't want you to name it at this point? There's gonna come a point in time here shortly where some of our bigger clients are letting us now that they're deploying and stuff say more. Um, yeah, so the answer is not probably on the earnings call, but I would anticipate soon enough people will know who they are. Got it. And it's soon been enough, it's gonna show up in the world because these guys are using them in the in the real world. So Yep. So if you guys are listening, go go look at your local insurance guys from, you know, that are auto insurance <laughs> or whatever. Go look at those and you guys, you guys can find out. And uh, one last question, because we have, I know, another uh, a public company coming on uh, in a second moniker group. Um, so what is like an average day like for you? Like what time do you get up in the morning? And then what's like an average day for you, Paul? Like fires putting out or responding to media inquiries or what What are you focused on? I'm probably not a very healthy example of an average day, frankly, because okay. we do business around the world and I'm not smart enough to put my phone away. So 
sometimes it's late at night. I'm still working, flipping stuff out. But I, I'm usually up by six o'clock in the morning. Um, I'm here at the office by eight, kind of a thing. Um, like I said, we do business around the world, so it's not unusual to be here till a bit later in the day. Um, what's it like? We're we're building a company, you know, the from the plant floor to the technology side of what we're doing. I mean, everything is is really going a hundred miles an hour. I'm I've got some phenomenal senior managers that know this space better than anybody on the planet on the technology side. I got great people on the plant floor and we're bringing on a few more folks that are, have been involved with and helped build multi, multi-billion dollar companies. And so we're in the, in the process of taking those next steps. Music is well capitalized today and we have every intention of, of driving this industry and making sure that we own it where we can. We're up against big players, but these big players mission are different than what Vuesix is. We have a focus on owning enterprise and the technology for the future. And so I spend a lot of time around the tech. Some people call me a bit of a tech head, but I, I am intimately involved with the technology side of the company at the same time. So I quite frankly enjoy that part of Vuesix more than just about anything else. That's I will say finally, we have a focus at Vuesix right now around the software side of our business too. You know, the, the product sells because it can do so many things. And if you have software that you're selling with it with annual license fees associated with it, it ends up making it for a very sticky product. No matter what the competition is, if it's a piece of hardware, if they can't you know, walk in the store and measure the inventory counts of two by four sitting on the, sh on the shelf and be integrated yeah. into the inventory systems, and that all belongs to Vuesix because we built those systems, it really makes our systems sticky. And so Vuesix is not just about a hardware company today. We're starting to expand into that software side of things. No, that, that's awesome. And Paul, I put a comment in there from Internet Enforcers. Paul needs to give Jason Razzik a pair of these devices so he can walk around the BZ office and then give them away as a thing. Maybe we'll do a giveaway, you know, when the retail product is the right, right price point, we'll do a giveaway, sign up, and when they, they'll do it promoting the, the walk around the, the office. So um, We'd support that with you. It sounds yeah. like fun. Sounds like fun. You like fun. We're building cool technology. Why not show it off? So thank exactly. you, Paul, for coming on. Congrats on the growth of the company. Those are real growing numbers, and you're building sweet technology. Um, you're gonna have to get my, you know, a pair of those, and uh, we'll figure out a giveaway or some sort. So thanks for coming on. Have a good rest of your Monday, man. Yeah, thanks, Jason. You too, man. All right, all right. So the guys, that was Paul uh, from View Six great growing company and we're not going to stop. We're not going to stop. We got more CEOs coming on, more public companies right now. Don't go away. That's view six. I try to ask all your questions, got to a lot of them and try to, you know, and so that sounds like some of those insurance companies names will be coming out soon. Um, but not maybe on the earnings call, but, uh, you're aware. I, I the other question I could have asked about M and a talk, but I didn't go there as much. But let me get to the next guess because we're a little behind. So hold on one second. Hold your horses. And if you haven't, go follow Benzing on Twitter. Or if you're listening to our YouTube right now, follow our YouTube if you want to be alerted to more awesome interviews and breaking news on this channel. Hold on one second. Hello, hello. I guess Aaron didn't add everyone in, so I will do it. Um, and now he is doing it. He's on delay. Hey, hey guys, how you doing? Wonderful. Nice to be with you, Jason. Thank you. Nice to be with you. Okay. So I said Monica Group, but it's not. It's Monica Group. Is that how it's pronounced? Monica Group. Yes, that's right. 
Okay, because Aaron wrote that in. So I just want to make sure I have this all. I got my whole story right. So uh, thank you all for coming on. Appreciate it. I know there's some changes you guys are going, uh, you change like you're uh, changing or switching tickers or the recent acquisition. Who wants to take the helm and give a little background on the company? Aaron, please put the symbol in the bottom so people are aware who we have on and who wants to take the helm to give a little background? So Jason, it's uh, Bill and I'll quickly take the helm and just give you a little bit of background and then from there, we'll open it up to a couple of the other guys. So Moniker over the last 12 months has been actively engaged in doing acquisitions and building an ecosystem with about 50 million consumers for over the top television, mobile computer. If there was ever a point in time in our history where we began to realize how much we need computers and smart TVs and phones, it's during this pandemic. And so we thought the best thing we could do in order to be able to promote our key sectors, those sort of passion plays and fast growth areas of cryptocurrency, gaming, in-game advertising, followed by the travel sector, which really got hurt in the pandemic, was to be able to put together this ecosystem to be able to accelerate out our platforms and programs to our users and viewers. Got it. Okay. So, how, wait, the company, where, where are you guys? Are you guys based virtually right now, or are you just everywhere? Because I, I see your different places right now. We, we are. Um, our, our headquarters are in uh, Florida. We're out of Sunrise. But we have offices in Thailand. We have offices in Arizona where Mark's coming from. Richard's up in Atlanta. And right now I'm out in Lake Tahoe. So um, we've become very virtual as a result of the pandemic. And, and Jason, we've also recently acquired, we're in the process of, as Bill said, acquiring the interests in, in Bangkok. We've just acquired a business in Belgium, Switzerland, with about 100 employees. Uh, we're just in the process of a, acquiring a bank in Puerto Rico. So we've gone from really a, a Florida and domestic focus to becoming a pretty uh, sizable, I think with the combined companies were about 240 employees. Um, and we're in this final transformation from Monica Group uh, we've just received uh, in, in the, the last step of the approval to move to Next Play Technologies. Our symbol will change to NXTP on the NASDAQ, um, and the share exchange in the final acquisition uh, is only, we think, days away now. So it'll change to which symbol again? Say again. NXTP, Nancy X-Ray Tom Paul. The, the new name of the company will be Next Play Technologies. Um, and we've also, we own a travel business called Next Trip. It fits well in all of those, and we'll be rebranding some of the other assets into the, the next uh, name as well. Next Trip, is that, what's the URL? Is that the nexttrip.com? Yes, yes, which is, right. our focus has really been vacation rental uh, for the last several years in the travel space. We've got some new business travel solutions. In the last couple of weeks, there's been favorable reports of business travel uh, expected to come back faster than, than expected. Uh, we've got some uh, direct-to-consumer, and we do a lot of white labeling of, of taking vacation rental properties and pushing them into uh, other travel channels, travel booking channels. Uh, Agoda, we deliver product, vacation rental product into Agoda, which is the Asian booking arm of booking.com. We deliver a vacation rental inventory into homes to go which is the biggest vacation rental search engine in the world. 
How do you deliver inventory to them? So, so we, yeah, what, what we have is we have a um, booking engine and it's a business to business solution. And so what we've done is we've kind of amalgamated about 3.4 million properties from around the globe. We feed them into our booking engine and then we we link them into these larger systems to give them access to vacation rental inventory that they wouldn't normally be able to get to otherwise. So let me ask you a question, I guess. Maybe I, so I understand it. Would If a site was launching today and they wanted to launch a travel site, would you be a potential vendor they would come to because you have a tool to pull inventory from other places? Yes, we would be a vendor they would want to come to in order to gain access to large inventory of vacation rental properties. And so, if you think about it, Jason, with, with the pandemic, um, vacation rental is probably the only travel product in the world that, that had some faster recovery and some utility during the pandemic. And so more and more travel agencies and travel groups around the world are going to be seeking this type of inventory to keep in the channel. And we have this solution for them. Yeah. So in the ticket business or back in the day, I had an online ticket business where, you know, for sporting events and there was like two databases that are on the back end that, you know, that we would, you know, go into and that's where the inventory came from. And then if something sold, it would all, it would all, you know, double check, it would all, whatever. Is that kind of what we're talking about here? Yeah, it's, it's along that line. What we do is, is we provide a, uh, pre-packaged solution for people to access the vacation rental homes and they know that it's got property managers been tested and it's quality product available to go illegally rented or you're not you're getting to the wrong person so we're a trusted source of inventory so could benzinga start benzinga travel and use you guys as part of the database not only could you start benzinga travel and use us as part of the database We'd love if you wanted to come into our product, which is a business product that allows you to be able to access wholesale travel inventories, including the vacation rental products, and be able to structure and follow and control all of the aspects of employee travel as part of it. So that's our next trip business travel platform. How long have you had this next trip business platform? I know, I know you're buying companies. Was this part of an acquisition or is this something you built? No, this is something that we built out over the course of the last year or so. And we launched it about a month and a half ago. Uh, we started some initial marketing knowing that we were early in the recovery of the travel business, but we had over a hundred companies sign up because the way the platform works, it, it works based upon a per employee costing structure as opposed to some of our competitors where you can end up spending $50,000, $100,000 a year in order to get the same sort of business travel services provide based upon you can take it in bite-sized increments for employees. So we're a real solution for small to mid-sized businesses. Got it. So is, is the hard thing with this business now to get the word out and let people know it exists? That's the hard part right now in terms of starting to do it. And it kind of brings us back to um, what I talked about at the beginning of this, which is we've gone out and acquired an ecosystem for the uh, company and it ties into interactive TV. It ties into over the top, ties into mobile, ties into computer. And so at the end of the day, this, this ecosystem that we developed currently has 50 million viewers on it that we can get to. 
and we think we're able to grow that about six to tenfold this year. So again, a very uh, affordable and very unique reach that we can get to in order to drive our products and programs, including travel. When you say the 52 million, where, what ecosystem, what, what thing are you we, talking about? We, we just announced uh, in April acquiring Reinhardt TV, which, which is actually a, a special acquisition company that we founded. And it acquired the Zapware, uh, which is based in Europe. Uh, it's been around 20 years. It was originally spun out from Philips Media. Uh, it's been growing nicely over the 20 years. It was spun out by a sovereign wealth fund uh, out of Belgium um, that had uh, a kind of covenants that they had to focus all of their business into uh, Europe. And so they became one of the biggest providers. They've won many of the awards and they have this solution that, that touches about 50 million consumers through smart TV all the way down to uh, phones through the telecom. And uh, in the acquisition that we have done, we've now, we enable them to move their software solution uh, into the rest of the globe. Um, so some of the telecom operators, for example, one of the operators they work with, uh, they have a footprint in 30 countries, but they were only able to do business with Zapware in three countries in Europe. Now that we have taken control of Zapware and do not have the same restrictive covenants on them, we ex expect to see a very nice expansion there. And what we can do now is push the travel offerings, the in-game advertising offerings, the gaming solutions that we have. Essentially, everyone that's on a TV or, or on their phone, 50% of the world now are gamers. And there's an, been an inability to monetize free games. And on the phone here, Mark, uh, with a couple of the other principals, you know, Mark was uh, Chief Technology Officer at uh, Electronic Arts for a period. His other partners were founders of uh, Epic Games China, did a lot of the work for Epic Games in the China studios. And they have developed this technology for in-game advertising that's a completely different approach to anyone else's. It's almost like the motion picture approach. And uh, we, we think that uh, technology is going to be uh, widely adopted. Uh, it's tested extremely well. We've found gamer retentions come back, uh, or the gamers come back to the game very well because they're rewarded with coupons from the brand. Uh, their approach is very different to everyone else. So I don't want to hug the microphone. Uh, Mark may be able to give a little more detail on there if you if you want a little bit more, Jason. Well, I did. I was switching it for. I was going to ask you on that white label version. If we showed that on Benzinga Travel, for example. What, how do we make money? What's like, is the is affiliate ratio where you get like 15% of what the net, like, or is that not figured out yet because you're so new at this part of it? No, you're, you're in the ballpark. What happens, Mark, is there is on average, and it depends on the product that you're selling, of course, airline tickets have very little to no margin in them, and cruise lines have probably some of the highest margin in them. And depending upon the product, what we generally do is a split where you keep 75% of the commission structure and we keep 25%. Uh, okay. And so this new part of the business that we're talking about with travel, like what, as you switch to this next, this new symbol, is there a core revenue component? Cause the travel is the newer part. Like what is going to be the core that investors should look at, I guess? Well, the core business of this is going to come back to the gaming and game advertising solutions that we have they've got applications back into travel so 
as a quick example on travel before we would go out and we would sell you a travel product we would hope that you had a great vacation when you came back you wrote a glowing letter and thought of us the next time that you wanted to travel with starting to integrate the in-game advertising solution that mark has been principal behind the development of we can take what they were doing for gaming and modify it for travel so that we can track you, follow you around on the app. We can put coupons in front of you for discount restaurants that we think your profile fits with, for limousine services, for adventure type travel events that you want to do, helicopter rides, those kinds of things. And so what this merger is doing is it's starting to cover us from the beginning that we acquire you as a customer through your entire vacation and back when you get home again. And so that's sort of a 30,000 overview of how we've taken an in-game advertising solution and re-adopted it back into the travel business. But it's much more powerful in terms of even the gaming aspect of it. And the market's much larger in terms of the gaming side. As Richard mentioned, one of the people on the planet are now gamers. So it's a pretty exciting area to be able to have this unique product and, and we should let Mark, run you through how it works and why it's different than anything else that's out there. You want to do that, Mark? Sure, love to. Um, so, you know, for those familiar with in-game advertising, you know, it has uh, traditionally been kind of uh, an overlay annoying business. Uh, you know, I get to play my game and then suddenly that gets interrupted and I have to watch a video for 30 seconds or, you know, some kind of an overlay ad for for the time or click on something or, you know, test a, a mini game or whatever it is. Um, and, uh, you know, I've got a 13 year old and I know that she can put that phone down and pick it back up at 29.8 seconds. Uh, so that's essentially a wasted ad view. Um, and, uh, the rates that the advertisers have been paying for in-game advertising effectively reflects that. And, um, you know, there's been, uh, kind of a newer, uh, breed of, of in-game advertisers who have sort of had this, um, what I think is a silly premise that. Because we have uh, ads on bus shelters in the real world, we should have you know ads on bus shelters in video games. And while that adds to the kind of veracity and the feel of the game, you know, when I'm in the real world and I'm waiting for a bus, I've got nothing to do but look at the ad. Whereas if I'm in a video game running around with people shooting at me, the last thing I'm going to do is to look at that um, bus shelter ad, right? So what we've created is an advertising platform that allows us to actually integrate into the game itself in a fungible way. So, you know, imagine, you know, ET, um, you know, forever is stuck with Smarties, but we have a platform that allows us to give ET a different uh, candy depending on who's watching the movie, right? So if, if you happen to be, you know, a chocolate guy and I happen to be a sours guy, you know, my ads will be for sours, your ads will be for, um, for chocolate. And um, we also enable mechanisms like, you know, a typical scenario, I'm running in a first-person shooter game, you know, someone's shooting me, I get hurt, I need to drink the power-up, right? For me, that power-up might be a can of Coke, for you, it might be a can of Pepsi. And so I use it, I drink, uh, I have a positive brand impression because that's been my power-up, but also I now end up with a coupon in my wallet um, that allows me to get, you know, 20 cents off a, a can of Coke at the 7-Eleven. And oh, by the way, when I walk into the 7-Eleven, if I buy a case of Coke, I actually get some reward back in the game. So we're also uh, driving the traffic back into the game. So that's kind of what is very uh, different about what, what we do. Um, 
I did see uh, a question from um, Angel Ramirez there in the comments, and yes, absolutely, all this stuff is built uh, with new tech. Uh, it's all uh, it's containerized. It's all built um, in Node, so this is not like a bunch of legacy text. This is all um, new tech that we've built to facilitate this uh, functionality around the world. And with this um, merger, um, we uh, are very excited to bring it to the Zapware platform, where we have. Uh, direct uh, contact with you know millions and millions of consumers in various markets and access to the network operator sales forces to actually be able to get the couponing into the various retail chains around the world and uh, because we have this idea of the wallet and the wallet allows us for uh, what we call hyper local advertising it ties very nicely into the the travel business because we can literally pop up ads for you whether it's in your game or just in your web experience that pertain to where you are and so if in your travel you happen to be the kind of person who likes adventure and there's uh, you know a bungee jumping place nearby we can surface that for you right into your video game or right into your newsfeed if you happen to be you know more of an opera fan, you know, we can offer you uh, tickets for, you know, this evening's uh, performance of La Traviata or whatever it is. So that's and, kind of how we fit all together. And also, Jason, as, as Mark just touched upon, the, the hyper-local advertising element of this solution, too, uh, has incredible application in direct TV or streaming TV. If you think about it, an advertiser in San Diego uh, doesn't need to be pushing his ads in Buenos Aires or in Sydney, Australia. And so that element is lost in direct or connected TV that used to be the biggest component of uh, you know, linear TV. And it's one of the reasons why Zapware was also, you know, we were very excited to acquire Hotplay. Zapware was very uh, excited to become a component of this, not only for the in-game advertising solution, but the hyper-local solution can be pushed into their system. So it goes back to the ecosystem of 50 million that, that, that Zapware has that we're now pushing these additional and new technologies of revenue items, of high margin items into a well-established system that's already revenue generating and profitable. Uh, and it's the telecom operators and the digital companies that want these types of high demand consumer. And we think about it at the, uh, the backside of the, the, the pandemic uh, travel, we all believe that there's real pent up demand. Gaming doesn't matter whether it's a pandemic a recession, gaming is on an incredible trajectory. And then we also have, uh, you know, digital um, uh, currency, cryptocurrency uh, elements to this business as well that we've uh, recently acquired and, and building out. I got it. I, I took my face off for a second. So, um, for, no, so the thing that I'm seeing at this company, you guys have a, a lot going on, like a lot of not just like number, but a lot of potential, a lot of different plays, which is awesome because diversified revenue, kind of like the same thing. I mean, in our media space, a lot of media sites just go for ad revenue. That's not what we do. We do a lot of a few different things. So my question is, it's like people are loving the story. How many people are on the team and how do you execute on all these different things that you're doing? So on the team at this point in time, Jason, we have around 240 employees uh, spread out across the globe in terms of how we execute. What we do is we involve key principles from each of the divisions into the alternative division so that what happens is if we see an opportunity, for example, in our banking division, we want to accelerate our programs and platforms to include 
cryptocurrency, the creation of new coins that we're doing. We adjusted so that the bank would be able to take the coins, hold the coins, do loans against the coins, do traditional mortgages um, that you would expect a bank to be able to do, and then integrate that back into next trip so that we have merchant services capabilities and all of our consumers are offered the chance to have an extra credit card going to give them discounted travel and added benefits, insurance programs, things like that as they're moving forward. So right across the board, every individual division has principles that fit on other divisions in order to make certain that we're utilizing the capabilities and opportunities and synergies of all the relevant businesses across each other and helping to drive each other's vision um, to greater revenues. Yeah, and, and board management and, and and key affiliates at the at the end of these transactions, the the next play technology, almost seventy five percent company is owned by board management or key affiliate investors that have been financing these technologies to pull them all together. Uh, I mean, this is a, a significant enterprise play, global solutions play um, in some very interesting verticals that can all feed into this ecosystem within itself. We're quite comfortable. It appears that it'll grow sixfold just in the ecosystem. We've mapped out a strategy where we think we can get the 50 million subscriber base to probably 300 million subscribers by the end of this year, and continue to push these high-interest products in there. Got it. Okay. No, it sounds it sounds awesome. And it and one of the things that excites me about the company is that you're on a new technology system. It's you're not you're not stuck to old line systems. You're containerized. And it's one of the things that Jeff Bezos did with his company when they were moving slow. They wanted teams to not to be bit as big as, basically a team can only be as big as it can consume two pizza boxes and then have a containerized tech architecture so they can move a lot faster. And this was like about 15 years ago or 12 years ago, whatever it was, and they just then they started taking off. Sounds like you have like a lot of these animals and avenues that could be your hot thing or some, you know, when the economy hits this, you're protected. So what I would say is I'd love for you guys to come on again after the ticker switches over and then um, maybe a month or maybe, you know, late June or um, yeah, late June, maybe early July and give us an update of where you guys are at and where you're seeing the traction because there's definitely yeah, a lot the, of interest in the company. The combined companies, uh, as soon as we close, which we think we're down to days at this point, uh, we'll have some very interesting financial modeling. So timing to come back and some positive progress with several of these divisions. I think we've got some good things to be talking to your uh, your, your constituents about. Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, the gaming, there's a lot of plays here and I know there's probably crypto and, you know, using the blockchain for that. Like there's probably a lot of things we didn't even get to, but we'll leave that as a tease for future, I guess, you know? Great. Great. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, no, thank you guys for coming on. We like seeing uh, companies that not everyone necessarily has heard about and could be taken off just and say, oh, they were, I mean, we had, we had the Voyager CEO on Steve Ehrlich on, on this exact show, the stock was at 60 cents, 60 cents. And six months later, maybe a year later, 24 bucks um, and raised over $400 million, all that stuff. So you never know where these go, but we appreciate you guys taking the time out of your day. Bill, Rich, Mark, thank you. And you can see this interview later on the our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Benzinga, or any of your brokerage terminals that you guys use usually our contents fed through those. Okay.
Thank you, Jason. Love your show. By the way, I've got my little music headset right here, so I was really enjoying your previous interview as well as I was waiting to jump in. So, how do you like it? Uh, it's cool. It's very cool. This is this is one of their earliest models a couple of years ago now. But yeah, it's uh, it's been a company I've been following. They're they're awesome. Oh, I should I should have brought you on during it. That's awesome that you have it there. I was literally about to buy the one on Amazon. Then someone in the chat's like, "Why don't you do a thing where you you know?" So I'm like, "All right, maybe we'll do that." So. Who knows? But all right, guys, thank you again, Bill, Mark, and Rich uh, for coming on. We'll be watching you guys. And the, you said next week it could the ticker could uh, change over. Is that what it is? Yeah, Bill, we're down to the final strokes, correct? We really are. It's just uh, putting together the last legal paperwork to do the exchange. Everything else is approved. All right. So that we and so yeah, we got to make sure we get that note out there. Or when you guys do it, send our send to Aaron or whatever. So we cover a news article on it. So people are aware because, you know, smaller cap companies don't get the coverage because everyone just like Facebook, Google, and they don't. And that's why we started Benzinga to give, you know, other people uh, get the word out about other companies. So that's it. So let us know when you're, when you do that. Okay. All right. Thanks guys. See you later. Thanks. Yep. All right, guys. So, all right. That was, um, you know, this uh, MK, GI, but it's switching, uh, as you guys know, tickers. We went um, to NXTP, as you guys know, and we went from, you know, View 6 to this one to NXTP, um, and a lot of cool stuff they have. I don't know. Maybe we're starting Benzinga Travel. We get a decent amount of traffic for people looking for travel. You know, a lot of investors are using our site, you know, looking for things to go on vacation. Who knows? So... I don't know. This could be, could be a fit there. And I know coming up, there's going to be, uh, you're going to be able to see live trading with David Green and see his screen. Um, so I think that should be exciting. Um, and let me just put that little message from Happy Muhammad. I love it. Thank you. So, um, but prior to that, there's been a lot of questions um, about my account and my different trades. And so, I, I guess I can't, I don't have time to share my, share my screen. I'll share my screen tomorrow. You know, I sold off a lot of my weaker plays in the last two weeks. So, you know, how I use margin guys. And usually I'm like 150, 200 K, let's say margin. I'm down to 30 or no, I'm down to 50 K in margin, which probably is, um, which probably is, I should probably be on more margin knowing the market's up today, but, um, there's also FGF. Uh, look at FGF, uh, Aaron. That's um, yeah. So you know, I, I've, I've been giving these stock picks for I don't know how long, um, but I believe we are going to have the chairman behind them on the RAS report. If not this Thursday, um, we're going to have it early next week. So, and there's another public company here that I haven't even said. So FGF, BTN, similar management, but, but there's also a third company that I haven't shared that has taken off even more. And I'm not gonna share because I want you guys to be there for the show. So um, we're gonna have the chairman on, Kyle Seminara, so um, on the RAS report. And I think it should be exciting, very smart guy. Um, I'll leave the rest of the interview because you'll, there's some things that you'll just, it just, it just, it just will be cool. Trust me. You guys know my last Raz reports were Kathy Wood, Kevin O'Leary, and uh, Dave Portnoy. And we're going to start doing these weekly. If you like the Raz report idea, if you like the show idea, 
I'll do more of them and I'll bring on the biggest names that like or that can move markets. But what I ask of you guys is go to the Apple iTunes store, leave a, a review, hopefully positive, and hopefully I'm just asking, and then I'll work on getting more of these interviews done. Um, if we can get some exciting, you know, reviews and get you know ranked better, then I'll get more of these interviews. They take they take they take a lot out of it. You know, we also had Gene Munster because there's, there's a lot of editing, a lot of graphics. Um, but uh, you guys just tell me who you want, and that's like includes Elon Musk or whoever. You know, um, I think David Einhorn we're gonna get on. David Einhorn. I reached out to Stevie Cohen last night. Um, let's see if he or Steve Cohen. Let's see if he wrote back. I wrote to him last night. Uh, do I have him? Oh, I'm, in, I'm in the wrong Twitter account. I got him in the Benzinga Twitter account. I got to go to Jason. So I'm in Jason's account. I didn't hear back from Steve Cohen yet. Um, so um, didn't hear back from him yet, but um, hopefully we will soon. Um, and we'll get him on too. So uh, the CEO of KMPH, we can bring him on. But then, you know, I need you to come help interview BS because you know KPMH better than I do. That's the thing. If you guys want me to bring on like Chamath or, um, or any of these guys, and if you know the stocks way better than I do, I want you to come on as a guest interviewer for the show. Because one of the things that holds these back is I have to do the research. And I will do the research, but if you're an expert on it, I would rather have someone come on and ask some of the questions too. Or I guess you can just feed me questions if you're too shy. But all right. We have David Green live trading with him, 2 p.m. Again, what I would like you guys to do is go to E-Trade or go to any of your brokerages, Robinhood, and say, we want more Benzinga news. Send an email to powerhour at benzinga.com with a screenshot, and we will send you swag. Give your size, give your address. Again, send an image to Yahoo, to you know any online brokerage, to Merrill Lynch, whoever it is, say, we would like Benzinga News, send a screenshot to powerhour at benzinga.com, and we'd greatly appreciate it. Zinger Nation is all of us. It's not me. It's not one entity. It's all of us. And to get us to spread, we need you guys. We need, there's 400 people here right now. We need 300 to be 400 helping us out. If 150 of you guys helped us out, we would be happy to send you a bunch of swag. And we're ordering a lot more. So we're going to send out a lot more. We're getting new shirts new things to send out and we're going to send it out from the office so um thank you jamie please subscribe to the channel um so, you know go to our twitter it's benzinga i'm jason rasnick on twitter i don't know why they don't put the banner thing let's see i think my banner there's a banner for my twitter account let's see if i can find it um i see luke's banner but where is rasnick's banner oh there it is oh yeah he beat me to it whoever did that okay so um yeah, we, we like to gain family members. And if you're ever looking for a full-time role and you're a developer or what have you, we're launching the Bounty site tomorrow. Um, if you do business development, you can take over our Twitter and you think you can make it better. I like for pithy, smart tweets, not just links to our articles. When people see our Twitter, I want them to be inspired, I want them to be smarter, or want to give them a laugh. One of those three things, if you think you can do it better than us, Hit me up at powerhour at benzinga.com, send 10 samples or show your Twitter account with a huge following. And we have full-time roles to hire. I try to just hire from the community now. I don't like to put up job ads. We have a ton of job ads up, but pretty much it's very hard to get a job with us through job ads. It has to be, you know, the community who's passionate. That's who we 
you know, make a movement with. So, all right, guys, thank you so much, uh, Sajid. I see your comment there. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Um, yeah, we need it. Grill marketing. If you send an email to any of the brokerage, Merrill Lynch, anyone, let them know, Robinhood E-Trade, that you would like Benzinga News in their system and send us a screenshot to PowerHour at Benzinga.com and we'll be sure to send you swag. If you already have it and you want one for your kid or a brother, feel free. We got jackets and we have a new t-shirt that we're designing right now that'll be coming out next week. All right? Yes, we hire for work from home. Mr. Future History, where else would we hire from? From work from the zoo? I don't know. You mean the office? Well, I don't know if, if you've been around the last year and a half, and I'm just joking, I'm being sarcastic, but the last year and a half, man, it's been WFH. And we don't hire for work. We're not hiring people to, for a paycheck. We're hiring people to be builders and creators. If you dread the word work or your job, we want you to be more excited about Monday than you are about Friday. That's the kind of place we want. And if you're not into that, then, you know, yeah, don't worry, you know, don't worry about it. it um, Peace, we're already on TOS, but if you want to send a note to TOS and just say you love your Benzinga news, sure. But what I would rather you do, what I'd rather you um, like out of the country. Yes, anywhere, man. It doesn't matter where you are. Jesus. Um, what I'd want you to do is if, even if you don't have an account with another brokerage, maybe still send the message that you wish that um, they had our news. OK, just pick. You can go to their website and get different brokerages. So I'm right, moving this out, Aaron. All right, guys. Thank you. Those are those are Dennis Rodman's shoes, by the way, right there. Real championship, 1990. John Sally's right there. If you if you look up my mouse, it probably is not showing. So I guess I can't point it out. Anacoracova tennis ball. And I was it, when I was in high school, I was too lazy. It was a Saturday during the summer. I was too lazy to wake up at 8 a.m. to go get her to take a photo with me. I already had the signed ball, and I meant to go like get a photo with her, and I just didn't wake up to go do it. And that's that. So. Um, yeah, show them what we can do. Where do you want to send you the screenshot? Power hour at Benzinga.com. All right, I'm, I'm out. I'm ending the broadcast, I think, right? Yep. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.